And look at it go. He could go all the way. Touchdown. 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 The Bills make me want to kick your heels up and shout. Coming up the middle. Free safety. Gotta get it go. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Come on and shout. Kelly with a deep drop takes a long look. He's got a man open. Andre Reid, he's in the end zone for a touchdown. How do you do? One second remaining on the clock. Jack Eichel wins it in overtime. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. The Bills make me wanna. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 82 of One Before I Die. I hope everybody's having a great day, having a great week. Um, before we get started here, I just want to start the episode a little bit different. I just want to thank everybody for, you know, if you're listening right now, that I just want to thank everybody for downloading, subscribing, listening, um, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate the support. Um, we've been doing this for you know, a little bit over a year now. It's been good. It's been fun. And uh, we just want to say thank you for, uh, for tuning in and, and, and listening. Um, with that being said, the summer is coming. And obviously, as you guys know, this is a Buffalo sports podcast where we mainly cover the Buffalo Bills and the Buffalo Sabres. And they, obviously, their seasons, you know, Bills are more in the fall. Uh, Sabres coming in the winter. And then the summer comes around. And, uh, you know, we, we still like to keep it going. We don't like to take a break. We like to... Uh, keep the content rolling, kind of pump one out a week still. Um, but the seasons aren't in, in season for those. So we just wanted to talk about that. And if you guys have any suggestions for us to talk about, I know that in the past, Ethan and I have done the snake drafts. Um, if you guys like those where, you know, we kind of get a topic, whether it revolves around the Sabres, the Bills, um, any type of topic. Uh, and, and we kind of do a snake draft and, and draft players or whatever the, you know, the criteria is for that draft. Let us know if you like those. We can kind of do those and let us know what category you'd want us to do. I know in the past, we've also done different segments like the squeezing the cheeks segment where we come up with two different hypothetical situations. Uh, we talk about those. We talk about which one would make us more nervous, which one would make us squeeze the cheeks a little bit more. If you guys like those, let us know. Even, you know, suggest different hypothetical situations you want us to talk about. Um, but as we said, summer's on the way and the content kind of goes down a little bit just because the, the bills and savers go out of season. Um, obviously there, you know, there's some stuff that will come up like the NFL draft and uh, you know, then once football kind of gets closer, it's easier to talk about, but let us know what you want to talk about. Um, like we said, we appreciate you guys, uh, you know, tuning in every week and, and you know, the show is just as much for you guys as it is for us. So let us know what you want. Um, and I guess with that being said, Ethan, I don't know if you have anything else to add, but how are you doing over there? I'm good. Uh, you know, enjoying this nice Sunday here. Get them going to watch some Masters golf later today. Oh yeah! By the way, like we're we're also recording on Sunday here, so uh, you guys are probably seeing this on Tuesday. So that's why you know if we don't really have the ins and outs of the trade deadline that happened on uh, April 12th with the with the Sabers, it's because we're recording a day early. But yeah, like Ethan said, it is Sunday as recording. I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, sorry, forgot forgot that. It, we're time traveling here, but, um, yeah, I mean, 
like you said, getting down to the wire with the uh, with the content as far as um, with the off season coming up here. Like you said, we'll make sure that you know anything hot in the streets, Buffalo sports related, it gets covered as far as you know free agent signings, trades, um, you know draft picks, all that good stuff. So, like Sam's saying, you know we got the NFL draft coming up at the end of April, so um, that will give us some some content probably over the next couple of weeks. But you know, once the you know, Sabers, you know, don't they don't usually play in the summertime as we've come to know. So, um, you know, they peter out pretty quickly. I think. It's kind of unfortunate that we have to record today um, just due to like work obligations because, I, you know, it's going to be one of the biggest trade deadlines, I think, in a while for, for the Sabres. I think, you know, our team's going to look completely different come Tuesday, um, or at least I think that should be the goal. Um, and, and so we'll have to wait, I guess, until the following week to get, um, you know, our reactions on what happens on that trade deadline. So I'm also looking forward, you know, keeping an eye on – I am the pulse on what's going on with the Sabres as far as trades go. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much what's going on with me. Yeah. So like Ethan said, we're, you know, it's unfortunate with the record a little bit early, but one trade that already did go down with the Sabres um, on Saturday uh, was Brandon Montour got shipped out to Florida for a third round pick. So he's kind of the first of everyone um, on the Sabres to kind of leave. He's the pioneer here besides stall that obviously happened to, a few weeks ago, but Montour out for a third round pick. Um, initial thoughts on this one, I guess, are, you know, it, I mean, it was kind of expected, maybe not necessarily him, but like Ethan said, we're probably going to have a completely different team by the, by the time you guys are listening to this. And I guess the one thing that hops out in this trade that a lot of people were talking about is that when we traded for Montour, we obviously gave up a first rounder and Ghoulie, and then we end up, you know, trading him away for a third rounder which, yeah, in the overall grand scheme of things, that sucks. But at the same time, you know, his value is not a first-rounder, another player right now. And he, you know, I think he is. This is the last year on his deal. So after after the year, he'd probably walk for nothing. Um, I mean, that's what we could get from now is the way I looked at it. And it's kind of the way that the Sabres are going to, you know, roll things out here is we're, you know, we talked about it last week. They're going to trade guys. They're going to kind of reset here. We're going to see what we can get for guys that are on their one-year deals. So to me, this wasn't a surprise at all. I know it sucks that the return for him wasn't the same as what we gave away when we got him, but things change over a few years and that's just the way that things pan out. It almost kind of just, you know, it, it almost kind of sets in how much of a a bad trade, I guess, if you look back at it, it was, uh, you know, another bad trade by Botterill, giving up a first and Gooley for Montour and then him not playing, you know, all that great for us. I know he wasn't terrible. He's a great skater and everything, but at the same time, he... I don't know. Didn't really, didn't really stand out from the pack in any any shape, way, or form. So, sucks that his uh, value went down, and that's what we get for him. But I mean, hey, it's it's better than getting nothing for him. I think that's going to be a lot of the trades that happened over this past day or so. And I'm expecting, as you guys are listening to this, I'm at least hoping that Colin Miller was shipped out for maybe a, a draft pick. I, I'm expecting a lot of kind of trades like this where these guys are just going for what we can get for them because of the you know the situation the Sabers are in. So. Um, I guess that was my thoughts on the Montour trade. I don't know if Ethan, you had any other thoughts, but it just seemed kind of like the right move, kind of like um, I guess what was going to happen and what we were going to get for him. It wasn't too surprising. Yeah, I think you're kind of spot on there. I mean, he's he's going to be a free agent this summer, right? So Sabers kind of you know had to take that into account when they're dealing him. Teams aren't going to give up as much knowing that they only have him for the next couple months here, kind of to make a you know a playoff run. Um, so that kind of limits the amount of suitors that you have there. 
Um, and then also, you know, you're not going to get a, a bigger return than maybe if, if you held on to him or if he had uh, more term on his contract. Sorry. Um, so getting that third. Yeah. I mean, you can't really complain about it. It's not really going to excite you. You know, like we talk about draft picks in the NHL, a third round pick in the NHL that that doesn't mean anything to me. Right. I mean, we've done this song and dance how many years now with the Sabres and I'm, I'm completely numb to, to draft picks at this point, unless they're like a top 10 first round draft pick. Um, cause we've just seen the lack of ability to, to draft in the late rounds from this front office, um, over multiple front offices, I would say from the ownership group. Um, so with all these, you know, second round picks, these third round picks, they just never seem to pan out over the last, you know, eight to nine years, putting us in the same situation that we are in, that we have been in since 2011. So a third round pick is not going to, you know, get me going and saying we're, we're on our way back to the playoffs, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Am I going to miss Montour? Not really. I know he's been playing better. Um, he's still a huge liability in the defensive zone. I know he has some nice goals and he can score and he can skate. But again, we have too many. The Sabres common theme, I feel like, for all these defensemen is that there's a you know there's a lot of good um, a lot of good things, but the things that we struggle with are the stuff you need your defenseman to be good at, which is being strong in, in your own end. And none of these guys that we really have, they're all that they're all the same kind of type of defenseman. The Dalians, the Yoki Harus, you know, Brandon Montours, you know, Colin Miller, throw them in that category. They're like offensive minded defensemen, love to jump up in the play, and it, you know you get burned a lot and. When you have you know a whole back end of guys like that, you don't have a steady stay at home guy that you can kind of pair with these guys. That's the you know that's why we're letting up five six goals a game sometimes. So you know I'm not really that mad to see Montour go. A third round pick doesn't get me going, but it was the right move, and we had no choice because he probably wasn't going to be back in Buffalo after this year anyway. Yeah, I would say Miller's probably not as much of a jump up in the play guy. He's just not good defensively either. But. <laughs> He's just a bad defenseman. Yeah, I just don't think he's very good at it. But, yeah. So, yeah, he shipped out to Florida. It'll be interesting to see how he does there, as I like to say. Um, I think we talked about it when Stahl got shipped out. Me, personally, I like to see how these guys do when they leave Buffalo. I know that Stahl, I think it might have been in his first game with the Canadians or second game. It was very early on when he started playing with them. He had the game-winning goal for them in an overtime game, which was just kind of hilarious. I'm not saying he's doing very good over there, if he looks any any better, but just kind of funny that in his like first game with the Canadians, he scores an OT winner, big game for them as they're in the playoff race. So uh, we'll get, we'll get on Montour watch too. I like to see, as I said, how these guys do when they leave Buffalo. Cause is it, is it really much that, that much of a Buffalo curse or, or what? I don't know. Well, that's what I like to watch these guys as they um, leave, but see how he fits into Florida uh, in terms of Taylor Hall. So he's obviously the biggest guy that, you know, biggest trade prospect, probably one of the biggest, you know, around the league, not just with the Sabres. He's on everybody's radar, which again, we've talked about this before. I don't know why he's really on everyone's radar. He, I don't know. Don't really give me, don't want to really get me started with him again, but um, I'm assuming by now he has been traded. He was scratched for the past three or four games, I think last week. Mm -hmm. So obviously they're resting him. They're making sure he doesn't get injured is which uh, I think is kind of a common theme with is what you see with these type of guys when the trade deadline approaches and they're expecting to get dealt teams usually um, health healthy scratch them. So, you know, there's no risk of injury or anything before they move on to their next team. So it's pretty obvious that they've been in calls with them. I mean, it's been reported multiple times by insiders. It's no surprise here that he's looking to get out and the saves are looking to trade him. He's on that one year deal. We're not going to get anything for him. 
if we don't trade him, he's probably not going to sign back. Um, blah, blah, blah. So again, it sucks that we can't record this later because I'm assuming past this uh, April 12th deadline, he is gone. And I would love to talk about what we got for him. I'd love to talk about where he went, all those things. But I mean, he's definitely, he's definitely got to be gone by now. Um, if we can get, if we can scratch out a first round pick for him, I think that'd be awesome. If we can get more than that, I think that'd be awesome too. But I don't know. Where's your, where's your head at with this guy? Uh, actually, before you hop in here, I guess mm-hmm. one final thing I'll say on the whole Hall thing. And I was going through Twitter the other day, and Jeremy Roenick tweeted something out, and I completely agreed with him because it was basically a list of players in the NHL, which this was also hilarious. I'm going to pull this up on my phone actually really quick. Um, oh, you can hop in real quick while I find Yeah, this. I think I know where you're going with this, where he's – He's just really wondering why everybody wants a piece of Taylor Hall looking okay, at like, yeah. how much so, he wins. So I got him right here. So, yeah, Jeremy Roenick tweeted out, why is Taylor Hall the talk of the trade deadline? He has one of the worst team win percentages for games played. Seems he can't help a team win. He also only has two goals this year. Am I missing something? I think I responded to it. I was like, no, JR, you're not missing anything. He stinks. But anyway, <laughs> it, it's funny because it, it's true, and it's not just talking about Taylor Hall with the Sabres, right? Every team he's been on, obviously he had the MVP year in, in New Jersey. They still weren't really a good team. I think they made the playoffs and they they kind of scraped their way into the playoffs yeah, that year. They lost in the first in their first round of the playoffs. I'm pretty sure. Right, but it, it is true. Every team that he's been on, and I know that hockey's the ultimate team sport, and it's not just one player. But there's always trends with certain guys and where they go, and you know why why are they never on winning teams type thing. So Taylor Hall's obviously been on Edmonton, New Jersey, Arizona, and Buffalo in his career. And he has a, you know, a lower than 4.45 win percentage or point percentage, I guess, on those teams. And this is for players with a minimum 300 game played. And the top players on this list, Rasmus Rissalain is the top player with 521 (laughs) games played and only 439 uh, points for for the Sabres that he's played on. Then second is uh, Nicholas Delorier, which one of his teams was the Sabres. Next team, next guy is Tobias Ryder, Reader. Obviously, he's on the Sabres now. Next guy is Amdus Gergensens. Next guy is Johan Larson. Next guy is Mike <laughs> Weber, which oh his two God. teams are Buffalo Sabres and Washington Capitals. Then Taylor Hall, then Sam Reinhardt. And then it's three guys that aren't on the Sabres. But the top, whatever, eight guys on that list. So this is basically saying the, the teams that these guys have played on have been bad. Right. And the top eight guys or whatever the Sabres, but the, yeah, it just it just points out that Hall, wherever he's been, you know whether he was good or not, he he just doesn't seem to help his team win. And then on top of that, he hasn't been good this year. So it's crazy to think that he's kind of one of the top sweepstake guys. He always will be that because he was the number one overall pick. He had the MVP MVP year. He kind of has that raw talent. He has that you know that name appeal. Mm-hmm. But I don't really, I really don't think whatever team I, I'm going to say this right now. It's the, it's the Taylor Hall, Sam Abley curse, whatever team that he got traded to will not win the cup this year. That's I'm, I'm saying that right now. I like so, that. So we'll see what happens, but it, they ain't winning the cup. I don't know what you got to say on this. No, I, I, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of eye opening. I mean, that, that stat that you just talked about with his win percentages, not only, you know, on the Sabres, um, but, it's really makes you makes you think because it, it shows that he's not when you when you talk about MVPs, those are guys that turn franchises around, that you build your you, or your roster around, that you set players up around you. Um, and when we got Taylor Hall, that's the type of player we thought we were going to get. 
um, where it can kind of be a dynamic duel duo duo with Eichel. And if you, it's kind of comical. If you go back to like my tweets like a year ago from now, you know, I was talking about how we at this time of the year would be watching Eichel pass to Taylor Hall to go top shelf for like the thirtieth time of the season. And where we are now, and <laughs> if you look at those, like I could get like. Hot, you know, cold takes exposed pretty hard if if you go back in my Twitter, but um, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he's, I think he, I remember. I think I remember it was like maybe you know the Bills had a bad game or something, and you were like, <laughs> and you were like, let's not distract you. From, let's not distra- let this distract us from the fact that you know Eichel's gonna go to go Hall Bar down here for the thirtieth time this season by this time next year. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like after they barely beat the Jets this past year <laughs> when everybody was kind of freaking out about it. Yeah. Uh, Yikes. But anyway, he, he's not that guy. He's not that guy that you build your team around. If, if you have those stats, those winning percentages, those numbers, um, it doesn't matter if he scored, you know, 40 goals that one season, 50 goals. I don't know how many goals he had and then won the MVP, but his teams aren't good. So he's, he's not the guy. I, I, I completely agree with JR. I completely agree with what you were saying. Um, I'm going to be locked in on these Taylor Hall sweepstakes, not only looking at what happens you know, moving out of Buffalo and going, going to a new team for this year. I'm going to be very interested to see what kind of contract he signs this summer. Cause I, I mean, I think this season completely derailed his, um, his potential he had his earnings. Chance. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think this season, like a lot of people were surprised when he signed with Buffalo, obviously on that one year deal. I think this was the, this past off season was the off season where a lot of people were thinking like, this is where he's going to get his long-term contract, his payday it almost like he was kind of betting on himself and he almost kind of, kind of ruined it. I mean, I feel like he could have easily signed a five, I mean, six year deal for an average value. I think what he got knowing kind of, you know, this, I mean, to me, this season, like kind of exposed him as a fraud. Um, yeah, I know that he kind of always had that stigma around his name too. Like even after that one MVP season and then going over to Arizona, he wasn't like, he kind of wasn't that good over there either. Nah, not uh, at all. And so, like people always had that tag around him saying like, you know, he, is he actually that good? Is he MVP? Is he an MVP type of guy? And I think this season was like the season for him to either say, yeah, I, I'm still that guy or no, I kind of had like one good season. And other than that, I've been highly disappointing, which is what people I think think of him now. Um, but to me, like his, his, his nature signing in Buffalo, I, I think like based on how the season went, I can kind of understand what type of guy he is like he could have easily signed like you were saying a five or six year deal with a team that's going to look to contend to be in the Stanley Cup you know finals for the next couple of years and look to be a guy that pushes them there you know and plays in their top six and, and kind of takes on like a leadership role um put people on his back and take you there but no I, you know I think what he was doing with this one-year deal in Buffalo was very um selfish right he didn't come here I don't think with any intentions and maybe I'm, you know, this is, this is nothing that I've heard. This is my speculation based on how things have gone. He came here to put, put up some numbers knowing that one, you're coming into Buffalo where we don't have any expectations, right? We've had a horrible team for the past seven to eight years. So if we get, you know, it's not like you're going to Toronto where the fans are, you know, expecting you to win, like they're going to riot if they don't win the cup within the next couple of years. And so he was like, okay, I'm going to play in a, in a low, stress environment i'm gonna 
play with, with under Ralph Kruger, who I kind of just like tell what to do. Like this guy doesn't have any control over me basically. And I'm also going to play on Jack Eichel's wing. So my stats are going to look great. You know, I don't really care if you, think he, was, you think he was coming, you think he was coming in with the, with the mindset of that. I'm going to put up a lot of points in Buffalo. Well, I think he, I think so. Yeah. Cause he, he saw, he saw what Skinner did with Eichel. Probably he saw what Reinhardt's done with Eichel. Probably regardless of, how good those teams were. You can't deny like those, those are the stuff, you know, that we talk about, like why, why Sabres fans are so torn on Sam Reinhardt. It's like, you know, if he plays with Eichel, he's a guy that scores, you know, 25, 30 goals. Uh, do you keep him around? Is he worth the money? So I think Taylor Hall is like, you know, I'm going to play in this low stress free environment, play on Eichel's wing. I really don't care how good our team is. I'm going to put up goals and I'm going to get a payday this next coming summer, right? I'm going to bet on myself. And obviously it didn't pan out. He's a fraud. When Eichel went down, he got exposed hard. Kruger got... Well, I mean, he wasn't even doing anything with Eichel too. I mean... Yeah, but I'm just saying like everything kind of turned on its head now. Um, so, I, you know, is he going to get that big eight to ten, eight to $9 million a year deal for the next, you know, f- five to six years that he's probably hoping for after having, you know, this season in Buffalo? I think absolutely not. And I don't know what what the market is for him. Like it's, it's getting to the point where I don't even know if he's worth $6 million a year at this point for the next five years. You know, what, what would you pay him? Like, I, I don't even know if I'd rather have him over Reinhardt at this point. Um, no, yeah. I mean, I, we, uh, we've talked about this like a few times, the, the one time a while ago when I said he's probably gonna get the same payday as he does. Cause I think he'll eventually put up the points. I was completely wrong. I, I, I said that already. I said, I was completely wrong on that. I, I wouldn't pay this guy $5 million a year. And, I mean, just back to your, I, I, and, and then also, sorry, one more thing before you, you jump in here, I, whoever he does sign with this year, like watch out to like, see like what kind of team he's, is he going to sign with another like bottom feeder team where he just tries to rack up points again? Or is he going to act like, I feel like this guy doesn't want to be in the spotlight. Like he, he doesn't want to be a on, a, on a, um, a Toronto or uh, a Washington or a Colorado, like these teams that are. Well, he probably got sp- he probably got spit up and chewed out when he's in Edmonton. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to go back to that environment. Um, that's but- yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's he's he's a complete fraud, and he just you know goes into his little shell when the spotlight hits. Yeah, so- but yeah, but like like you were saying about him as a fraud, I it, and I almost like tricked myself into when we signed him into being hyped up again because he was obviously the biggest you know biggest fish on the free agent market and when we signed him i was like wow this is awesome we got an awesome player but before we signed him because i didn't think the sabers had a chance like just everybody else to, to get him it was out of nowhere um i remember texting my buddies who are also big hockey fans we like to you know talk free agency trades all that stuff in our free time and when he was a free agent, the free agency was starting. I texted him. I'm like, yo, Taylor Hall is like kind of, he's not even that good. Like if you look at his numbers, he had that one good year in New Jersey. He's kind of a fraud. He, he hasn't really done anything throughout his career. And then once the Sabres signed him, obviously I was like completely, you know, flip my head around and, and convinced myself that no, this guy is the, still the MVP guy. But the thing is like, if you actually do like do a deep dive on his career and look at his, his numbers throughout his career, other than that one year, he, he's not that great of a player. he, you know, I, I haven't really watched him zero this consistency, year, but he's not very consistent. So, I mean, I guess you could have seen this coming maybe in a way. It's just, I think us as Sabres fans got so clouded by signing such a big name. At least I did. Um, we got, we got like 
Jr. before Jr. did that tweet. Like right. we got we we bought into the hype. Like like we're all the everybody fans right everybody now that wants to trade for him. Exactly. Everybody just keeps telling you like how good of a signing it was because he was on the top of the list of all the free agent. And he's um, a former number one overall pick. Like all right. this stuff. He's he's all the hype, but. Right, you're you look at his stats and you're like, why are we paying this guy eight million dollars a year again? Right. So we'll see what will happens with him. Like I said again, whatever team he gets traded to, whatever team he got traded to, I'm saying that past tense because I it, there's no way he didn't get moved by the time this. If he doesn't comes get moved, out. I don't know. You know, I'll I'll like we'll cancel his podcast because <laughs> if he doesn't get moved, then especially after getting a healthy scratch, like the right is on the, the wall. Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, if if uh, just just end the franchise if he doesn't get moved. Yeah, so whatever team he's on at this point in his career, the one thing he I will do not want to win say, the Stanley Cup. Okay, we'll track that, and then also, if you uh, I want to bring up another trade that happened, not involving the Buffalo Sabers, but this kind of I think helps the Sabers was the Paul Mary and Zajac trade oh, going yeah. to the. Islanders. Islanders. So the Devils traded Kyle Palmieri and uh, Travis Zajac to the Islanders, and they got a first-round pick and I think two prospects or you know eight minor leaguers. Getting a first-rounder for those guys, I think, helps the Sabers' case on getting a first-rounder at least for Hall. So I think, you know, when we talk about return, I'd be happy with the first-round pick and maybe a prospect as well. Um, but I'd probably be happy even if they just got a first-round pick straight up for him at this point. And I think that'd right. be a W for the Sabres. Yeah, I so that no, that's a good point. And that also takes Islanders probably out of the equation for Hall because I know they were kind of in the in the conversation for him. But do you know who's been like? I haven't really looked like what teams are in the mix for him, kind of. No, I don't know. I haven't really heard anything. I know that the the proposed trade we talked about from Sportsnet a couple of weeks ago was with, was, was with Boston, but that was right. also just speculation. I don't think they had any insider info. If, at that, um, if this point, if we get that trade, which I think is completely unrealistic, you know, right. I'm ready to re-sign Kevin Adams. Yeah. No, yeah, that's <laughs> what I said. Yeah, 100%. Um, but no, other teams, I guess, I don't know, maybe Toronto, but I don't know if they really have like the room for him and to take I on think, that cap. I hit. think that it's, it's weird that usually that probably wouldn't happen because we they're you know a divisional opponent but this year them not playing us i think if there was going to be a trade deadline trade with involving toronto this would be the year that that would happen yeah because so we're I, on the same division yeah so i don't think you know the sabers i mean at this point it doesn't really matter since we're so far out of the playoffs um but i think the sabers would be more likely willing to trade him to toronto this year than if it was a, a normal year when we're playing them you know, a billion times. Right. Also, one other thing, if we're, if we're done with the Taylor Hall uh, talk, I, I remember, I just remembered that I, I know a lot of teams were calling actually about Allmark, Reinhardt, and Ristolainen. Um, I saw that last week that that was, came out that obviously people were calling about Hall, but also calling about Reinhardt, Allmark, Ristolainen. I think Kevin Adams came out and said he didn't really want to move any of them, but more so Allmark. I've been hearing more news about him, like as soon as today, Sunday, I went on Twitter and saw some stuff that a lot of teams were calling about Allmark and I guess the Sabres and Adam said that is off the table. A top priority in the offseason is to re-sign Allmark. So I actually I like, like that. that. I actually like hearing that, hearing that a top priority for Allmark is to re-sign him. It doesn't look like they want to move him at all. It looks like that that you know he's their guy that they want to kind of lock back up. Um, the way he's been playing, I know he kind of struggled in this last game against what was it, the Capitals, but he's been playing good. We talked about him. No, last he didn't episode. play against the Capitals. That was Tukarski. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. Then maybe it was the game before, but yeah, you know, against, against the, the devils. devils. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
but yeah, no, it looks like he is a top priority. This is just facts I've been seeing uh, to, to re-sign this year. They don't want to deal him, which, you know, if we get him for the right price, I'm fine with because I think that he's been, you know, we talked about it last week. We, we, we went through all, all the things with Elmark last week, and I think that he's a solid guy to bring back if we can. So it looks like, but it is interesting that a lot of teams have been, you know, interested in him and, and calling about, you know, trying to get him off the Sabres. And looks like we're kind of putting our foot on the door about that one. Um, yeah, I mean, Going, yeah, I know I like to do my, you know, bottom tier power rankings a lot. If we look at where my, you know, who I like power rankings, I think number one right now is Allmark. Probably top, probably the top priority. I know this is crazy. Again, this is another thing. If you told me back in you know, last summer that at this point I'd be talking about the number one guy I need that the Sabres need to resign this offseason is Linus Allmark, I'd be like, you're freaking crazy. But He's probably the number one guy that I'd pick if we could only re-sign one player on this team. I'd probably pick Allmark. Um, and then, you know, number two in my power rankings, and I, I got to bring him up again, is Casey Middlestat. I think he's Oh, that's just, what I was going to say, yeah. He scored he, again the he, other night. Yeah, he continues to put up points. He continues to um, get better, I feel like, get more comfortable game by game. And I know we're going to sound like – I'm going to sound like a broken record here. Um but I really, really like, and I don't know if I said this on the podcast, but I said this to you and dad, really like the line of Asplund, Millsat, and Thompson lately. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of these three guys that kind of Sabres fans, they're they're kind of in the, the, the doghouse, right? You know, because they, they have these bad raps. I think everybody is at this point. <laughs> but no, I mean, but these three guys, because their name, they all, they all came in with like expectations. Like I talked, I was talking about Middlestat, you know, his draft and the world juniors he had. And then Thompson, he'll always be tied to the Ryan O'Reilly trade. So like if he doesn't <laughs> close to as good as Ryan O'Reilly, then it's like everybody hates on him, which is kind of Well, especially, especially when Saboka and Berglund are like MIA at this point. <laughs> Right, so he's kind of like all we have left out from of that. that trade. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know. I think it's like kind of the the island of misfit prospects there, and uh, I like I like uh, what they've been doing lately. What's pissing me off is that we keep running seven D eleven forwards, so we don't have like our nothing's worse. And this is so stupid that the Sabers have had to do this like multiple years going forward now. Like I, we got to look up a stat like how many times has a team consistently ran a lineup with 11 forwards. Like I feel like every season we've done that for like the last five years now. And, you know, we play men's league hockey. Nothing's worse than when you don't have set lines and you're just like rolling like a winger through and it just yeah. messes everything up. It's, it like, it's awful. It's awful. And so can we please like be able to feel the lineup with 12 forwards so we can have guys start playing with each other? Cause I think that line, like I really want, would like to keep them together for the re- remainder of the season and see what they can do. Cause it seemed like every game now they're putting up goals. So, you know, I, last game against the caps, I, I think middle set scored and Thompson sc- or no middle set scored against the, uh, the devils. I know. I don't remember if he scored against I the think he scored Capitals, against the caps. but Tom- Thompson scored against the capitals too. So, I mean, it seems like every game that line is at least scoring a goal or two. Um, and like I was talking about before, there it seems like at least Middlestat and Asplund, um, they've picked up you know their their grittiness in the corners a little bit, which I think was lacking when they first came up to the Sabers. So I'd like to, I'd like to see those guys play a little bit more together. And then I I just I'm just interested like if we could go through. I know we talked about Montour getting traded, Hall getting probably you know has to get traded. Some other names that we're expecting to see, you know, come Tuesday, probably not be on the Sabres. I think 
one guy that I'm looking at is Colin Miller. I think he's mm-hmm. probably got to be next to go. Um, and then you talk about Ristolainen and Reinhardt. I don't know. I'll be surprised, I think, if if both go. I'd probably even be surprised if, if to see one of them go. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on anybody else? Yeah, well, real quick, I want to go back to Thompson and Middlestep will score against the Capitals. I just wanted to correct that um, so they both did on the, get on the board. And just back to that line, like you said, you're excited about them playing together. And I think this just shows that and, and just proves that the Sabres need to stop. Like at the beginning of the year, right, we trade for Eric Stahl and we trade for these like vets and like a poso and like we're throwing these guys out at the beginning of the year. Eakin. Eakin. Like you have and, and you know, hand up. Like I've kind of learned from my mistakes and I will not get as excited about these kind of moves going forward. I've learned, you know, that Dude, this you were, how it should You go. were excited for Stahl. I was. I thought it was a good trade. That I mean, I thought I was more excited because I thought that the trade off for him and Johansson was an upgrade. But looking back at it, we we the Sabers every year seem to roll out these veterans. When then come the end of the year, when you know we talked about it last episode, the phases of the Sabers. When we're out of the out of the playoff race, these guys get traded or whatever happens. We bring up the young guys and let them play. It's like that's how it should be. It's like there's no reason. Like it, it makes perfect sense. There's no reason to have like a stall guy come in right. and play for like a year when you have all these guys that you in the pipeline that if you, that you've traded for like Thompson especially that you drafted high like Middlestat. Like why not give these guys a chance to play and and kind of prove themselves early on in the year? And if they was, if these guys did play early in the year, I mean, I mean maybe the the season we probably wouldn't have been in the playoff race, but we probably also wouldn't have lost eighteen in a row. I, I, and then also. You bring up – talk about other guys that get called up, like this Fogarty guy. I think he's playing great. Like, he's uh, – uh, he's You don't like he had, him? He had, like, a couple of good games, but if you watch him throughout, he, but he, I'm talking he can't about, skate very well. And I'm, I, he, I understand what you mean. I'd rather him come on come like, up why, play, why are we signing other guys Why are like, we signing, signing Cody Eakin when we have him that can do the same thing? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Like, like he's a young, yeah. younger guy, like – Give me some youth in these these guys like like Sheehan, Fogarty can do everything that Sheehan does. Right. Probably if better. Gonna, if you're not going to sign like a you know a legit game changer, proven third line guy, or like a like a Josh Anderson that the Montreal Canadiens got that right. he's obviously a proven NHL or like Sheehan and these guys, there's a reason that they've hopped from team to team throughout their careers because they don't really have a solidified role in the team that they're on. So so let these guys at the beginning of the year, you know, the younger guys come up and and kind of see what they got and and you know see if they can play because like we said right now this thompson asplund middlestat line um is doing well and especially middlestat is the one that hops out to me because he was a top 10 draft pick you send him down to rochester to kind of get himself to regroup and it's like maybe give him a chance up at the beginning of the year this year when you have like you said guys like eakin Sheehan, Stahl, these guys that are on their way out, they're not here for the long-term plan because it's if you're playing them, then it's like, what is the plan for Middlestat? Like, what, like, what's your like goal yeah. with him? What's if your you're not going to play him? I yeah. mean, the way that that line's playing right now, I would be completely okay with them going into the next season as our third line. Like, I think that's a viable third line to me. Yeah, do you not agree with that? No, I think if they're playing the way that they are now, yeah. I mean, because you look you at have to look good, at other. Look at the I don't want to come out and I don't want to no. come out and just just yeah. hop at it right now. But I yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't say no. I mean, I mean, I think that's exactly what you need out of your third line in today's NHL, though. Like younger guys that have skill. That I know that they're not consistently scoring, but at least putting up like a goal, like a couple goals a week. You know, like to, mm-hmm. they're they're a line that can score when your top line's not going. And I know the one thing is 
and they have been getting better as it, like I'm saying, but they're just being stronger on the pucks and not turning it over as much. Cause I know that, you know, Thompson and Middlestad, especially they're, they're, you know, frustrating because they can look so good in the offensive zone sometimes, but then they make the stupidest passes in the D zone. They turn it over in the neutral zone. They don't do like the simple things like getting it deep. And that's what they, I feel like is why they've been better is because they're doing those kind of things better and letting their skill kind of still shine. But it, that's kind of what you need in today's NHL out of your, out of your third line is, is a line that has scoring ability. Um, and, and that's what that line right now is doing for the Sabres. I think they're probably the most productive line out of anybody definitely. over, you know, the past couple weeks here. Yeah. They're definitely been the best offensive line. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's a question. I think just strictly stats wise and scoring wise, it seems like either Aslan Thompson or middle sets, the ones that are scoring goals. I think, yeah. I mean, moving forward, Right now, if you look at the Sabres roster, I think there's way more question marks in that top six than the bottom six right now for me. And hey, know, I will say, I will say, dude, I, I and I said this at the beginning of the year, and we kind of shrugged it off and didn't talk about it a lot. And again, this isn't a game changer or anything, but I think I think the Sabres missed Gergensons this year, and I also think they miss Larson. I really do. Oh, I think for sure, like Larson. Because we kind of said these right, guys over like a, like a reader or a Eakin or a Sheehan. Well, I think when I we think, got when we signed Eakin, it was like it's we kind of just said it's going to be like a wash compared to losing Larson. You know, like they're going to they're the, the same player. Eakin sucks. He's right there up there with a poso for me. Like as far as guys that can't play for this team anymore. You know, the old, the old. You know, him, Sheehan, Oposo, like all those guys can't be on this team anymore if if we're going to be serious and right. And so, yeah, I would agree. I think having Gergensen's back next year, it's going to even help sure up the bottom six, like you said. Like I think yeah. the question marks are more in the top six. So right, I mean, you got you're going to talk about now who's playing second line. We don't have a second line center again for forever. Um, you know, we talk about question marks with Reinhardt. Is he going to be back or not? Do you do you pay him the money? Eichel, there's a bajillion questions on him if he's even going to be back. Cousins, is he ready to? be a consistent top six guy is he going to be a center is he going to be a wing like there's a there's a million things skinner is he even going to get put in the top six anymore so i don't know yeah so we'll see we'll see uh i guess i'll be interested to see moving forward see the rest of the year how this pans out with like you said if if some of these guys are still on the team and you know in a a couple days here um but we'll see what the team looks like after the deadline and see what the lineup we roll out is for the rest of the year um I don't think much went on with the Bills. As we said, draft was coming up at the end of April. We'll get a little bit more into that uh, as that gets closer. Should be should be an exciting week or so um, centering around the NFL draft. But other than that, I think we're all good here. I think that kind of wraps up everything we want to touch on today. Again, thank you guys for tuning in, listening, subscribing. Uh, we really appreciate it. And, you know, let us know what you guys want to hear with the summer, you know, rolling around if you want to hear um, – just talk we can talk about literally anything so we're open to it and and we're excited to keep it going through the summer that's one thing that we like doing is still putting out episodes once a week during the summer even when there's not you know bills or sabers games to watch so um let us know what you want to hear and have a great week have a great day go bills go sabers as always and we'll talk to you next time In the middle of
You just need a better life 